special bonus podcast is called Do Inconsistencies About When Jesus Was Transfigured Disprove That He Was Transfigured and That He Is the Son of God? I have been told that there are atheists who try to confuse Christians by saying the Bible is full of inconsistencies and lies, trying to disprove that Jesus is the Son of God. But is that really true? God made us intelligent human beings to investigate and make up our own minds. Acts 17, 11 through 12 says, These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few, and this is their way of saying lots of people, also not a few of the Greeks, prominent men and women, prominent women as well as men, that is exactly what we will do. I will use the New King James Version of the Bible, also known as NKJV, and internet resources as needed to read the major Bible passage re- passages related to this. After sharing those passages, I will analyze them to see if any inconsistencies are significant enough to disprove that Jesus was transfigured or that Jesus is the Son of God. Since the Bible often uses he and him within the same Bible verse, I will put who is speaking and who is being spoken to within brackets when it might not be clear by the context. Additionally, I will add my analysis, evaluation, comments, and opinion within brackets. And I'll try to let you know as I read this when I'm sharing bracketed information. Additionally, I will um, share this information the um, the research that I've done and that I'm sharing with you, I will put it on one of the, on, on both of these two blogs I felt led to create. One is called Biblical Proof, and you can get that at https colon double backslash Biblical Proof, B-I-B-L-I-C-A-L-P-R-O-O-F dot blogspot, B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T dot com. And the other is do... Biblical inconsistencies really matter. And that's at https colon double backslash biblical inconsistencies B I B L I C A L I N C O N S I S T E N C I E S dot blogspot B L O G S P O T dot com. That way you can look at this further or pass the information on to others you think might benefit. Matthew 17, verses 1 through 13 says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and he is Jesus. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him, which is Jesus. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If you wish, let us Make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and do not be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Now, as they had come down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then do the scribes that the, 
say that Elijah must come first? Jesus answered and said to them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already, and they did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is about to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. Mark 9, 2-13 says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and led them up on a high mountain, part of apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining exceedingly bright, like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, is it good for us to be here? And let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. And a cloud came and overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. Suddenly, when they had looked around, they saw no one anymore, but only Jesus with themselves. Now as they came down from the mountain, he, which is Jesus, commanded them that they should tell no one the things they had seen, till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept his word to themselves, and questioning what the rising from the dead men, and they asked him, which is Jesus saying, why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Then he, which is Jesus, answered and told them, indeed, Elijah is coming first and restores all things. And now it is written concerning the son of man that he must suffer many things and be treated with contempt. But I say to you, that Elijah has already come and they didn't to him whatever they wished as it was written of him. Luke 9, 28 through 36 says, Now it came to pass about eight days after these things that he, which is Jesus, took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, while he, which is Jesus, was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. But Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his, which is Jesus's glory, and the two men who stood with him. Then it happened as they were parting from him, which is Jesus, that Peter said to Jesus, Master, is it good for us to be here? And let us make three tabernacles and one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was Saying this, a cloud came over and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone. But they, which is the disciples, kept quiet and told no one in those days any of the things they had seen. John 12, 23 through 36 says, But Jesus answered them, and the them is Philip and Andrew, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. And this is Jesus speaking, because it's all in red in the Bible. Mostly I, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies and remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. 
and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I am lifted up from the earth, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all my people to myself. Then he, which is Jesus, said, signifying by what death he would die. The people answered him, we have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. And how can you say the son of man must be lifted up? Who is this son of man? Then Jesus said to them, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. And he who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of the light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. Second Peter 1, chapter 1, verses 16 through 21 says, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he, which is Jesus, received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him, which is Jesus, from that excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the and so we have the prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So this is part I have within brackets. First of all, what does transfigured mean? I went to the internet and got the following definition from the Merriam-Webster site at https colon double backslash www merriam w i mean m-e-r-r-i-a-m hyphen webster w-e-b-s-t-e-r dot com slash dictionary d-i-c-t-i-o-n-a-r-y Slash transfigure, T R A N S F I G U R E. And it says transfigure verb. Then it's got the pronunciations for transfigure and a British pronunciation that I can't pronounce. Kind of looks like transfigure or something like that. And it says transfigured and transfiguring. And it says definition of transfigure, transitive verb. And it says to give a new and typically exalted or spiritual appearance to, and it has colon, transform outwardly and usually for the better. So again, within brackets, it says, which, next, which disciples were with Jesus? Matthew, so I had the major um, Bible passages together and read those and shared them with you. And then I pull out the parts from each of those to analyze them together so I can do a more thorough 
analysis of whether these there are inconsistencies and whether they're significant. Matthew 17, 1 says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them on a high mountain by themselves. Mark 9, 2 says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on the high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. Luke 9:28 says, and now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he, which is Jesus, took Peter, John, James, and went up on the mountain to pray. John 12, verse 23 says, but Jesus answered them, which he was talking to Philip and Andrew at the time, saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified and John 12, 29 goes on to say, therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it thundered. And others said, an angel had spoken to him. Second Peter 1 through 18 says, and we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Within brackets, it says, the gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke were consistent about Jesus taking Peter, James, and John with him on the mountain. Now, I do want to address that Matthew and Mark said it was six days later, and Luke said it was eight days later. That is a minimal inconsistency and not worth noting, so I didn't really talk about it. Um, in the Gospel of John, Jesus is responding to something. Philip and Andrew told Jesus about some Greeks that wanted to see Jesus. Jesus. Also in John 1, 12, 29, it mentions the people who stood by. In 2 Peter, it says, we heard. So that doesn't let me know exactly which disciples were with him. Because we as general and, and that they heard is general as well. So I can't tell you exactly who did or not. Does it matter if it's still within brackets? Does it matter if Philip and Andrew were there as well? When Jesus was transfigured? Not really. Does it matter if Philip and Andrew weren't there? No. Does it matter in John 12, 29, the people who stood by were other disciples or, or if they were the Greeks who wanted to see Jesus? Not really. It doesn't matter. Does it matter if we in Second Peter includes other disciples? Not really. So none of these inconsistencies are significant, nor do they disprove that Jesus was transfigured or that Jesus is the Son of God. Within brackets, I ask, what happened first when Jesus was transfigured? Matthew 17, 1 through 2 says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and his brother and led him up on a high mountain by themselves, and he, which is Jesus, was transfigured before them. He, which is his, which is Jesus' face, shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Mark 9 Two through three says, now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. And he, which is Jesus, was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white, like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. Luke 9, 28 through 36. Uh, this is Luke 9, 28. Um, now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that as he, which is Jesus, took Peter, John, and James and went up on the high mountain to pray. As he prayed, 
The appearance of his face was altered. And his robe became white and glistening. John 12, 23 through 26 says, But Jesus answered them, which is Philip and Andrew, saying, The hour hath come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Second Peter 1, 16 says, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we were made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So this is within brackets. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke were very consistent that Jesus' face shone like the sun and his clothes became exceedingly white, whiter than any launderer could get them, and glistening. Second Peter 1 through 16 talks about that they were eyewitnesses of his, which is Jesus' majesty. Could this be the same change in physical appearance and clothing? Maybe, but is it significant that majesty isn't clearly defined? Well, the de definition of being transfigured is to give new and typically exalted or spiritual appearance to, colon, transform outwardly and usually for the better. When I, when I read, when Peter talks about being eyewitnesses of his, which is Jesus' majesty, and compare it with the definition above, Jesus' majesty seems to fit the definition of transfigured. Uh, also within brackets, this is the Gospel of John. doesn't say anything about Jesus' physical appearance changing or that of his clothes. Does that mean that these things didn't happen? One of the major things that are written in this passage, passage in the Gospel of John is a portion in red about Jesus' predicting his own impending death. Could it be that John was so focused on the prospect of Jesus to say, if you're going to die, that he, now I have it within bracket, brackets, John didn't share any details about um, Jesus' physical appearance changing or that of his clothes. Could that possibly be the case, that he was more focused on Jesus is going to die? But if it wasn't the case, would that be significant? In my opinion, after analyzing these passages many times, I don't think it is anywhere near as significant as God talking to Jesus where others could hear. So in Matthew 17, 5 through 6, it says, While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. Mark 9, 7 says, And a cloud came and overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. Luke 9, 34 through 35 says, While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and while they were fearful, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud, 
And a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear them. The disciples didn't enter the cloud. I think he's talking about Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus entered the cloud. And, and had that, they were fearful, the disciples. I should have put that within brackets. But I did say, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. John 12, 28 through 32 says, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. Second Peter 1, 17 through 18 says, For he, which is Jesus, received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him, which is Jesus, from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And, and we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So within brackets, I have both the gospel of Matthew and Second Peter say that God said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Although the gospel of Matthew adds, hear him. The gospels of Mark and Luke both say that God said, this is my beloved son, hear him. The gospel of John says that God said, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. It is. Is it significant each of these witnesses have somewhat similar but different wording as to what God the Father said about Jesus, his son? And within brackets, I have again, although there are minor inconsistencies in wording, it basically says the same thing. You will find out if you watch this brief video by J. Warner Wallace, an L.A. cold case detective who tells that eyewitnesses rarely report things exactly the same way. And it. Also, he tells us it makes it more credible proof when they don't say things exactly the same way. And the uh, uh, YouTube video is called, Were the Gospels Written by Eyewitnesses? You can find that at https colon double backslash www.youtube, dot com slash watch, W-A-T-C-H, and this is all lowercase, and I'll tell you when it's capitals, watch. It's only one time I'm just repeating myself. Question mark, lowercase b, equals sign, lowercase s, lowercase i, capital O, lowercase c, lowercase b, capital L, lowercase y, capital K, lowercase u, capital E, lowercase k. It's three minutes and 27 seconds long. And in my opinion, this video is really worth watching because it clarifies so many things about the inconsistencies in the gospel recordings that also clarify that they are eyewitness accounts. Within brackets, I have this question prior to God speaking about Jesus. Who did the disciples see talking with Jesus? So Matthew 17, 3 says, And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him, which is Jesus. Mark 9, 4 says, And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Luke 9, 30 through 31 says, And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his, which is Jesus's, 
decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Although the Gospel of John 12, 33 through 36 doesn't say anything about Elijah or Moses, it does say this he said signifying but by what death he, which is Jesus, would die. The people answered him, we have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? And this refers to Jesus's resurrection. I had that within breath. Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said to them, a little while longer, the light, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may be the sons of the light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. Second Peter 1, 18 through 21 says, And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never comes by the will of man, but the holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So within brackets. I have. So the gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke are consistent about seeing Elijah and Moses talking to Jesus. The gospel of Luke adds that they were talking to Jesus about his death, which was going to happen soon in Jerusalem. Well, if you think about it, John 12, 33 through 36 is about Jesus telling them about what type of death he would die. Although there were some who don't think that John... 12, 28 through 36 is related to Jesus's transfiguration. Could it be that John saw Elijah and Moses, but just focused on the conversation about Jesus's death and resurrection? I have within brackets, the son of man must be lifted up and then tell them to stay focused. While Jesus said, while you have this light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light, possibly, possibly, but even if it wasn't so, is it significant that John didn't talk about Elijah and Moses? No, in that the Gospel of John reports that God the Father said that Jesus said what God the Father said about Jesus, and there were eyewitnesses, at least Philip and Andrew, but possibly others heard it. Also, it says in addition apparent within brackets, this is in Sharing that God the Father spoke about Jesus, his son, in 2 Peter 1, 18-21. It also includes this pertinent information, although it doesn't mention either Elijah or Moses. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed, as light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first. That no prophecy is of scripture is of any private interpretation for prophecy never came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Which seems to distinctly. To be distinctly something that could or would be related to Elijah or Moses, you know, by the holy men. Um. Also, I didn't put anything about that Peter asked if he should build three temples or 
statute for Elijah, Moses, and Jesus that didn't really it wasn't the focus of what this research was about. That's not included in my research uh, analysis. But the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke were very consistent in saying that. It just wasn't part of proving whether Jesus was transfigured or he, or that he is the Son of God. Um, within brackets, in these Bible passages, although I found inconsistencies, none of the, these was significant enough to disprove that Jesus was transfigured or that he is the Son of God. Don't let people try to confuse you into thinking the Bible is full of lies and inconsistencies. Sure, there are inconsistencies, but when they are thoroughly examined, they are largely due to writing style with some gospel authors writing with more detail and some fewer detail. There are some who paraphrase what has been said or others who don't share what has already been adequately recorded in the Gospels. Or they add to what has been previously recorded to add clarity or they're sharing eyewitness accounts or witness accounts. Remember John 3, 16, 29 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done by God. So, remembering John 3, 16 through 21 and what it says is very significant. We need to focus on the light of salvation that Jesus alone has to offer us. I want you to know that since this is an example of the positive influence God has made on my life through the Bible, this podcast that I shared with you may not reflect all of the whole meaning of the Bible verses and passages I have shared. They're just how this particular Bible verse or passage related to my life and how it makes the Bible more personal to me in my daily walk with Christ. Thank you for joining us at Relate to the Bible. I look forward to you joining us next time where you will hear more examples of how you can relate the Bible in ways that are especially meaningful to you.